I was trying to do our billing. I was trying to do it all. We were losing half a million dollars because I just didn't have the time to dig back through medical billing and those kind of things. And because I was holding on to it, I was holding our business back. Choose not to live in a world of filters. Realize your mistakes. Set the foundation for your success. Get some wins. Knucklehead Podcast. All right, welcome to another edition of Knucklehead Podcast. You got with you today, the Knucklehead Stephen. And now I'm excited about having Corey. And I'm going to screw up your last name because it's so difficult. It's so, is it just Lee, right? Just Corey Lee? Just Lee, that's it, man. <laughs> All right, listen, so you have to slow it down and spell it out sometimes for folks that are here in Texas, like myself. Corey joins us all the way across the great and mighty Mississippi River. He's out there in Mississippi. So, Corey, how in the hell are you? Man, I am great, Stephen. Man, I appreciate the opportunity and looking forward to, to diving in with you today, man. Yeah, we, I appreciate that. So full context, Corey and I don't know each other very well. From time to time, we'll have guests who we have, we have no idea who they are. And sometimes we talk to some of our friends. Sometimes we talk to people who are you know, more seasoned and experienced in business with us. One of the things that stuck out to me about Corey, though, looking at his background, is this developing need for leadership. Right. So taking folks who are, you know, who aren't necessarily as experienced, maybe working with different people, empowering them with leadership principles and really getting specific and granular in that it hasn't always existed. I think maybe more in our generation, Corey, it has. Most of them call them coaches or consultants, but there's some painful lessons associated with leadership, which is why most people avoid it. They avoid those things. So, Corey, I want to hear. What got you started in leadership and then what screwed up along the way to get you to the point where you're like, you know what, I need to actually go reinforce myself with a support system, some type of structure. Tell me a little bit about what got you started in leadership. Yeah, it's real quick background is I do the coaching and those kind of things. But my background is actually as an entrepreneur okay. uh, in the medical field. I'm a physical therapist assistant. And uh, my wife and I, I, I say in a super, say it super quick, but in a five year period of time, we we built two physical therapy clinics, four gyms, had three kids, sold all the businesses and kept all the kids. And in that short period of time, definitely going to have some mistakes. And um, really was was some of the drivers to div- diving into to leadership principles. Um, Where in Mississippi are you? So we're in North Mississippi around Tupelo. So we're about two hours south of, of uh, Memphis. So Okay. Very cool. Elvis's birthplace. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. So I understand that you were just diving into uh, a couple things there and I, I don't want to, I don't want to stop you, but I had to, when you say physical therapy, depending upon where you're at in the country, it could mean different things. You know, you, know, you could be in the water doing physical therapy. You could be doing strength rehabilitation. Uh, you know, what kind of physical therapy are we talking about here? Yeah. So we, we had a little, what we call outpatient physical therapy clinic. So if an athlete got injured playing high school sports, they would go to their doctor. Doctor would send them to rehab to get back into sports. If an older patient having trouble with balance or maybe a, a, a knee replacement, something like that, they needed to rehab to get back up over, get back on their feet. Um, okay. So we were in that physical rehab lane to get people back to where they were previously to an injury. Or even better. So, wow. Yeah. It was, it, was awesome. there was there a lot of uh, workplace type things too? I mean, when I think of Tupelo, I, I think of agriculture. To be honest with you, I don't I don't think of uh, I don't think of high school sports. But at the same time, different areas of the country have different things. So, what caused you to decide to want to sell that business? 
Yeah. So for me, that was one of my lessons. So I mentioned we had three kids. Yeah. We also had some gyms. Uh, and there was a point in time where I was working from about four 30 in the morning, about eight 30 at night. I was from four 30 to about 8 AM at the gym, eight to about four 30 PT clinic. And then late at night at the gym. And, uh, there was at one point I was, I remember telling our oldest son, it was four 30 in the afternoon. I said, I was telling him good night because I wouldn't see him again until the next morning. And he looked up at me and he said, uh, daddy, you going to your house? And it hit me that I had everything out of the wrong priority order that I had, I needed to let go of a few things and get my values back in alignment. And, um, so, so for me, it was one of those things about realigning my values and, um, loved every minute of it, but that season had passed too. And so did you value leadership before you started to study it? There's opportunities obviously associated with different leaders and accredited programs and getting certifications and all the things that Corey is probably going to talk about here. But did you value leadership the same way before you started studying it? Definitely valued it. I didn't fully understand it though. Right. Okay. So when, yeah. when we were growing, one of the scariest moments for me was that moment we hired our first team member because I, I realized that the decisions I made didn't just affect me and my family. They affected somebody else's family. And that's what really started me down the leadership path. Right. Some of my mistakes there is uh, I see a lot of entrepreneurs is one that I made too, is I like to hold on to the power. I like to hold on uh, and not empower other people. Sure. Can you get specific there? So uh, for me, I'm a control freak, right? Yeah. So I, meaning if there's 23 things to do, I'll tell somebody that they need to do the 23 in I'll take half of them away from them just because I feel like I could do it better. Half the time I don't, I screw it up. So it's taken a lot of unwinding here to think, (laughs) you know what I mean? To say, listen, this is your deal. How can I help you do it? A lot of times it's like, Stephen, leave me alone so I can go get it done. Yeah, 100%. And see, I I found myself trusting my people, but not believing in my people, right? I I trusted them to do, do a good job. But right. I didn't believe them enough to hand off to them to do the things necessary. I also thought, too, that because there were some things I absolutely did not like to do, that everybody didn't like doing that stuff, too. And I found that that was true. And um, what when, where I really learned that lesson was I was trying to do our billing. I was trying to do it all. And uh, one of our front desk ladies, she comes up to me. And she says um, she kind of had to get blunt with me, Steve. And she said, she said, you're not very good at this can I take it on? And I said, well, it's not much fun to do. And she said, I think I can handle it. That's funny, man. That's one of the best decisions that's happened to us, man. She found we were losing half a million dollars <laughs> because I just didn't have the time to dig back through medical billing and those kind of things. And it's something she enjoyed doing. And wow. because I was holding on to it, I was holding our business back and holding her back too. That's incredible. So a half a million dollar lesson, in terms of what light bulbs and everything else, what changed about her her view of you that you didn't account for when she decided to let go? Yeah, well, I think she saw me as, as well, once we got going, I saw the power in empowering other people and also yep. the power of a team. Right. And, and kind of, I think what she saw was me starting to gradually delegate more. And as you do that, you know, we talk in leadership that respect is earned on difficult grounds. And I started gaining more respect. So they liked me. I was a nice guy, but I started gaining that actual respect from my team members by putting them into positions to succeed. There's a Maxwell book where he talks about that. 
Which law is that? I don't, I don't remember which book off the top of my head. You're the expert. I'm not. I'm <laughs> knuckle dragon marine here. So what, what is that? Yeah, it's actually a law of empowerment right there. Yeah, 21 laws of leadership. He starts talking about empowering other people and the law of uh, security too, right? So only secure leaders will empower other people. There's there's another book. That's a, that's a really good call out. John Maxwell obviously wrote a lot of leadership material. I think he's written more on the subject of leadership than anybody else in the history of mankind. And you know, you can always point the finger. It's really easy to point the finger, but the analogy of there's always fingers pointing back at you. Uh, so as you point the finger, it ends up Marine Corps. They solve that problem. So you use an eye pan. So you, you know, all, all the fingers go towards wherever it is we're, <laughs> we're going to. However, in the real world, it doesn't always work like that. So Corey, um, what is it? Oh yeah, five levels of leadership. That's what I was there thinking. Five levels of leadership. See, I, it's rattling around back there somewhere. Yeah. So he talked about the five levels of leadership and kind of that lesson that you just you just shared. The problem that I see, and I'm not necessarily the greatest at solving these, is admitting that there's a, that problem to begin with. And in the surfacing up and the, the measurement of it being a half a million dollars, it's like, would you rather be right or would you rather create more income, which yeah. in turn provides more opportunities. So how did you deal with being an entrepreneur, being a control freak, how did you deal with that visceral like gut reaction of like wanting to let go? Walk me through that process. Yeah, you know, it, it is tough, right? Because I feel like I can do it best and my ideas. I'm, honestly, it's tough for entrepreneurs. It's tough for myself because ultimate responsibility lies within us, right? Sure. So, and, and also sometimes we don't feel like other people can do it, do it as well as we can. But that's the whole reason we bring people onto our teams is because they have gifts and talents and abilities and, uh, and and for them to use those things, we have to empower them. So when that happened right there, that was early on in my leadership. That actually served as a light bulb of, man, that can happen if you start to empower people. So it's a little bit easier for me, but it, you know, it was still one of those lightly covered, you know, the fist still clenched just a little bit to hand off. But knowing what happened in the past really helped me in that experience. Now, I've, I've had other people that didn't get the same experience and and really kind of help coach them in, in the power of that. And one of the things John Maxwell talks about in other books but that I've bought into is that if you got a big dream, then, man, you need a big team, right? If, if you can accomplish whatever it is that you want to accomplish on your own, then you're not really dreaming big enough. And I've learned some lessons the hard way, too, on building teams and all that good stuff. But that was one of my first lessons, which has kind of helped me to get over that holding on so much. Yeah, I can imagine that. Well, you look at opportunities or you look at problems, I guess, maybe a little bit differently too, once your perspective starts to change uh, with a team, right? So you, yeah. you can identify which problems you want, you can actually address which problems you solve. So help me understand what you observe in terms of the folks that you work with, like what, what common mistakes or problems that cause that gut visceral reaction. Like for instance, if I know that I'm wrong or if somebody kind of calls me out or, or even if I'm going through the course of, of my work day, I have a tendency to get defensive before I truly start to admit, you know, that, Hey, there's a problem here. So in business, walk me through a little bit of kind of what you've observed uh, with people. Is that, is that common? Do you, or do you see other things that maybe you're a little bit more consistent in your coaching? Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Definitely a common thing. Right. But some of the highest performing teams and highest performing individuals that I see is they, they really are intentional about taking time to reflect and get out of the situation just a little bit 
And it is tough, right? So if you're trying to grow a business, you're trying to grow a team, you're all in and, and it's high energy, right? It's high energy. And sometimes we can lose focus and get caught into that and where we start getting defensive or offended. But if we can take that time to step away, make it a habit of reflecting, make a time of, of just pausing, I've seen that help to a degree as well. And I think too, I've, I've been working with some teams in the leadership and really the teams that I see do a great job are cohesive and do a great job of, of getting to where it is that they want to go at a fast pace is they have open conversations. They don't mind saying what's on their mind. They throw all their ideas out on the table and then they're not offended if their idea isn't the best. Right. And, and so for individual leaders, I think it's really taking that time to reflect and uh, being unoffendable is key too, man. It, it's, it's really key. Ooh. I feel, I feel like my, yeah, that's a, it's a, it's hitting me right in the feels as you're talking through that. So I know that those of you who are listening, who've heard me talk about this before, my wife has a tendency to talk about that quite a bit, right? So it's, it's really easy to observe from a distance when somebody's getting offended. For me, I almost want to poke a little bit where my wife is significantly more empathetic and she's, she's just, she'll do that to me, <laughs> but she's empathetic of everybody else. So she does a really good job of kind of meeting everybody where they're at. Would you mind sharing? You had mentioned something about your wife and you ran the businesses. How does the leadership and the acceptance of that leadership spill over into some of those personal relationships when maybe the, the business is struggling or or maybe the business isn't accomplishing what it is that you want? Yeah, man, I'll tell you, I, I truly enjoyed working alongside my wife day in and day out and really made a, made a good team because our personalities are different, but our strengths are different as well. Like she's much more analytical, more, um, and I'm more charismatic, I guess, being out and about and like being the, being the face. I used to say that, you know, I would go and make things happen, but leave a trail of garbage behind me and she would clean up the mess. So, you know, in that, it, it, it really takes going back to the unoffendable too, that that's a, a maturity process. There's a maturity that that has to take place as well of being able to not carry work over into family and carry family over into work. And it's tough, man. It, it really is. It, it's tough to segment that out. But if we weren't on the same page going into work, I truly have to make the switch in my mind that I cannot carry that over because there's somebody coming in to see me that has got a hurt shoulder or hurt knee or whatever, and they don't care anything about really about my troubles at home. They, they come to see me to help them get better. And I need to get over into the mindset of serving them. Right. So, and uh, I'll, I'll say this too, Stephen, that doesn't happen overnight. Right. It, it there's a maturity that comes along with that. But first I, I, I truly loved working alongside my wife, but being very intentional about not allowing anything to, to carry over, you know? As somebody who is analytical, I, and first of all, I appreciate that candor. It's 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 important to realize this yeah. is knucklehead podcast. This is not, you did everything perfectly the first time podcast. Yeah. So back whenever we started uh, doing podcasts, especially in the way that information is designed today, there's this, this uh, misconception about getting things, everything aligned, getting all the structure built out, perfect plan. It seems like that's for everybody else, but not for you whenever you're in your business. So whenever we first started, we started unpacking, well, why is it that other people are accomplishing more consistently than what we are? There's an execution piece to that. Yes, there's a planning component to that. But in today's world, it seems as if everybody wants to talk about being the expert. So when you're out there communicating and talking with different folks about you know what it is that you do, 
what is one leadership lesson that you thought was important or you felt like was the most critical, but then it turns out that it's, it, it means different things to different people. So walk me through a little bit about kind of what, what some of your misconceptions were that have, have kind of disappeared over the years. Yeah. Yeah. It's leadership isn't about you, right? The best leaders I found are the ones that, that are willing to serve and add value to people. And, and I found that to be true in my life. So, so whenever I was trying to get this, this business up and going, the consulting, the coaching, all that good stuff, I was out trying to make it happen. Right. I, I was out trying to, trying to do those things. And as I, as I started to let go of that and just focused on adding value to people, man, the business started coming. And it was the same thing in, in the PT clinics and the gyms when I was trying to make things happen, when I was trying to focus on title and position and those kind of things, like going back to those five levels of leadership, it, it, it was almost like I was trying to force, force things to happen. But when I let go, man, and, and just really focused on the person in front of me or the group of people in front of me, and, and truly had the heart to add value to them, things changed for me, you know, and I, I was telling a friend this the other day, I was like, man, you probably won't find that in a book anywhere. Uh, it probably doesn't sell a whole lot, but that's really what I've seen work for me and the, the people I've worked with is seeing that other person or the group of people and truly trying to add value to them is, has been the best, best thing that's happened for me in my business anyway. <laughs> well, it's, you're right it's, it's not the sexy answer. It's not the, no. and quite frankly, it doesn't pay the bills. It seems like initially it's what we tell people all the time. Conversion is not necessarily your friend, right? If you're, if you're constantly measuring, it's like, um, the old analogy, Corey, that, uh, you hear something, you know, and you'd probably understand this better than most folks just being where you're at. You can't go and plant a seed and then go back and like, check if the root system's growing, you know, right away. Cause what'll happen is you got to dig up all that stuff to be, so you're, you're completely sabotaging all of your efforts. If you're constantly going back and checking where things are coming from, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, 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 that was also a mistake too. That I've had uh, many times I get that SOS, that shiny object syndrome, you plant the seeds. Ah, it's not growing fast enough. Let me dig it up and go put it over here. Right. No. Uh, yeah. I've had to get over that SOS too. Shiny object syndrome. I like that. It's a good analogy. I like I like the SOS. So tell people a little bit about if something's resonating with uh, you know with their with their message. You know, working with their spouse, selling a company, uh, recognizing the value of leadership, empowering other people, building teams, all the things that you've just kind of touched on a little bit here. What are what are the ways that people can connect with you, or how or how can people find out more about Corey? Do they have to be there? You said you didn't say Biloxi. You said. Uh, Tupelo. Uh, Tupelo. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Hey, we, we I work with folks worldwide, man. Hey, as oh, long as cool. you can speak English and tolerate the Southern accent, I'm good, right? So uh, the best place to connect really is I'm on all the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn at Corey Lee Leadership. But what I've done is I've actually created a landing page specific for you and your listeners. And um, I've got two free downloads on there that are really awesome. The first one is a, it's kind of a, you download it and just kind of, and it's an assessment to see how balanced you are. Okay. The other one is a spousal survey. So you download it and you hand it to your spouse and you get your spouse to fill that out. And the whole goal there is to facilitate good, good communication. Um, one of my core beliefs is that I truly believe- If you're watching this, good is in air quotes, right? If you're listening yes. and we're trying to do air quotes, good communication isn't necessarily- <laughs> <laughs> I just, I have to laugh a little bit because of the spouse thing. I apologize for interrupting you. I just, that, that, that sounded funny. When you say good communication, spouses figuring something out, 
you know that there's probably going to be some high volume fun conversations coming up. Yeah, man, it, it really does have some good questions in there that to really get you and your spouse on the same page. And it, it's been really good. That that landing page is www.coreyleadership.com slash knucklehead. And there you, go. Uh, there you go. Guys can download it from there. It's good stuff. And on there, there'll be ways to connect with me. Okay, perfect. Well, Corey, when it comes to when it comes to business, when it comes to and I appreciate that. And I'm, I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of interest. I'm fascinated by that, by the way, the spousal thing. What caused you to put that there? That's what I'm curious about. What what, what mistakes or what screw ups were happening along the way that your spouse was like, listen, ask me some questions and shut up and listen. <laughs> yeah. So actually that came through. So I have I have some mastermind groups with a bunch of male entrepreneurs Okay. And leaders, and these guys are all driven, right? Super yep. driven guys, and and one one of our core things we started noticing, and this is all of us combined, that I lead that we all wanted to grow our business, but we claimed, you know, other things were important like faith or family or fitness and those kind of things. But man, we we started noticing that we we're putting those things on the back burner, and uh, it came out of just a conversation with with a couple of of my mastermind groups, and I said, you know what, let's. Let's do this then. Let's see how well we really are. And 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 honestly, you know, your spouses, you they love you, right? And uh, they're not going to most of the time do anything to <laughs> to down you too bad. But yeah. um, it, mine was really great. My wife actually told me she said, "I'm not going to fill it out unless you fill one out for me." And uh, it was really good. Oh, that's really good. cool. That's cool. Yeah. Shout out to your spouse. What's your what's your uh, wife's name? Kim. Kim. Oh, yeah. shout out to Kim. Good, good yeah. for Kim. Good for Kim to to put you in a, in that place, kind of table stake, so to speak. Just hey, you're gonna do this. Well, yeah, I'm gonna do this. You, you better do this for me then. Good That's for hard for me to fill it out. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> when you say that, um, are you? Do you mean that the questions are so uh, pointed that you have a difficult time giving that that feedback to your spouse, or is it? Do you have a difficult time being? You said you mentioned something about being nice earlier. So, yeah. do you have a difficult time communicating uh, critical feedback to folks, or what's? Yeah, what do you think I, that I, is? yes, for a long time too. You know, and, and not all of it in there is very critical at all. Sure. But sometimes I don't. I have a hard time. I'm good at communicating verbally, right? But the written word, I have a hard time getting my point across in the written word. So, yeah. As I as I started writing it out, it was good. It was good. Good. I appreciate you sharing that. There's, I think that there's studies out there that talk about you know, public speaking being like the, one of the biggest things that people struggle with. That's a, one of the biggest fears that's out there. Certainly not your struggle. However, the, there's different forms of communication. One of them is that's written. Right. So appreciate you sharing that. Well, when it comes to screw ups, mistakes, in my opinion, I think that they're severely undervalued if folks don't take the time to go and review them. You talked about high performing teams. I've heard it said high performing teams are learning teams. Folks that don't take the time to learn and change and carve out that that analysis what happens to teams like that and then and then we'll kind of land the plane after after you get through that answer but what happens when folks don't learn in your experience yeah everything you just summed up right there uh, you know you you don't learn the lesson you will end up repeating the same mistakes over and over and you said it what you just said i, I love that is most people say that experience is the greatest teacher, but it's really evaluated experience is the greatest teacher is because when you go back and you take a look at your wins or your, your failures, especially your failures, and you evaluate that, 
then you can catch the lessons and you allow the lessons to catch up with you. But if you don't take the time to do that, you're, you're prone to, to repeat those mistakes. And I, I see it in teams a lot and I've seen it in myself a lot too, until I, I started that process. What do you think the, the, the best way to learn is in your experience? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you can learn from the mistakes of others or you can learn from your own mistakes. Uh, and, and then also the best way to learn, I think is evaluating your own experiences, good and bad and seeing each, each, each experience as neither good nor bad, but just is. And you can dig through that. Do you like writing um, it down on a, on a board? Do you like writing down a piece of paper? Do you so what, speak into it or how do, how do you go about that process? So for me, the way I do it, and um, you talk about public speaking. So if there's anybody interested in that, one of the best best kind of tools I found is you just get you out like a long sheet of paper. Yeah. You do a timeline starting from the the year you were born until the year year you are now, and you break it up into five year increments. And you look at what are my life defining moments in each one of these five year segments right there. Yeah. And as you as you look at that you allow you you see some of the things that happen to you in your life right and you can learn some of those lessons and then um at the end of each day i'll just kind of reflect i'll ask about seven questions to reflect on the day it takes five minutes um and i'll yeah. look at the wins for the day and those kind of things but that that life-defining moment tool i guess you can call it a tool that's been that's been a game changer for me to allow the lessons to catch up to yeah that's awesome do you do that at all with your kiddos or, or family or is that something you just do yourself you know, I, I used to just do it for myself, but as I saw the saw the success, I you know the growth that I had from it, I've started doing it. And sometimes in my trainings that I'll do, depending on the the needs of the companies, I'll do it with all my coaching clients and our our men's groups. But uh, my wife has sat down and done it too. And as our kids get older, I will we'll do it with them too, just because I've seen the power in it. You know, that's awesome. My that's awesome. I love, I love hearing that. My wife is way, way smarter, and more emotionally intelligent than I'll probably ever be. She actually started the habit over at the dinner table. First of all, you got to sit down and eat together in order to even do this, which half the time I'm not even doing that unless it's like a forced intentional, we're going to eat together today. She calls it sun and cloud. And then what'd you learn? Sun, mm. sun and cloud. And then what'd you learn? So what was, what was something sunny? And then what was the, you know, the bad part, the, the cloud, and then what'd you learn? So it's, like it's, that. it's a really cool way. And she's phenomenal talking to little kids uh, about that type of thing. And she has to deal with little kids and me half the time. So it's like three little kids <laughs> running around the house. So uh, Corey, I appreciate you taking some time today, talking through, you know, leadership lessons, obviously the value in focusing on leadership is you get a chance to empower other people. It's not necessarily about you and it's led to some really cool opportunities uh, for you. So I appreciate you willingly coming in and taking taking some time to talk to us today. Any other saved rounds? Any, anything else that you feel like you can share before we jump? When we were setting up our conversation beforehand, yeah. you, you yeah. mentioned about the screw-ups and immediately my mind came to probably one of the biggest business screw-ups that, that I, I could come to is yeah. we started opening up a gym with a friend of ours and a couple of they were real close to us. And we opened up that that gym and it did not do very well. I backed out and ended up losing a friendship. And as I've as I've looked at that, you know, a lot of people could or I could have say, well, I'll never do partnerships again. I'll never do that again. I'll never partner with friends again. And and there's value in partnerships. There's value in, in partnerships with friends. So I had to look at some of the where did I make mistakes? And really what I found was that 
we didn't communicate up front. We, we didn't set upfront expectations. And uh, if you're responsible for this, I'll be responsible for this. You do that. I do this. We didn't have those conversations and it caused it to fail. So going forward, I have business partnerships with friends, but we have those conversations up front and it's been great since then. So as you asked that, that was the first thought that popped into my mind. So I just want to share that. Well, I, pre- I appreciate that. That's a step that quite frankly, a lot of people, even going into meetings, they, they, they don't have that expert, no expectations being set. What is your expectation? What are you looking to ha- get out of this today's call? And that's a very valuable lesson. I'm sorry to hear that that happened with the, uh, with your friend, but it sounds as if you were able to make some relationships better as a result of that, you know, essentially from that, uh, from that mistake forward, uh, which goes back to your point about evaluated experience being, uh, being a teacher there. So, all right. So for those of you who like listening to Knucklehead Podcast, we've got new episodes coming at you every Tuesday, right? If you're going to hold me accountable, most of the listeners know that it's been some time since we've released some content. And so I, I'm being honest with you, it's going to be a little bit before we actually get these rolling out. However, leave us a review, leave us a, a rating, let us know that we need to be back making content a little bit more consistently here. And so uh, for those of you who like Corey, Corey told you a couple of different ways that you can get in touch with him. Again, Corey Lee leadership.com. Is that right? Or am I screwing that up? That's correct. CoreyLeeLeadership.com slash knucklehead. There you slash, go. Okay, there you go. And that helps us out a little bit. But the idea is if you if something that Corey talked about today connected with you, he told you how to get in touch with them. That's our challenge to you. Essentially, the cost of listening is nothing. However, it can be something if you just go and get in touch with him. So that's my only suggestion to those of you who are listening. Appreciate your time. Corey, anything else before we jump? Hey, Stephen, I've enjoyed it and I hope it's added value. Yeah, man. I appreciate that. I like the uh, the worksheet. I'm scared now to go print off that spousal thing, but we'll go we'll go make it happen. Got to face your fear. I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you, sir. Take care. We'll talk to you soon.